Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Dock Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Always good to be here. Yes, thanks for being here with us this morning. I wanted to reflect on your essay that you had um, actually written for last week about the butterfly. I don't know if our listeners caught that in last week's, I think it was Monday's Brookings Register or many other newspapers, or you can always find these essays on our Prairie Doc website. Tell us a little bit about your butterfly essay. Yes. Well, uh, it actually started with uh, my daughter finding a monarch butterfly on on a milkweed uh, plant at the edge of our property and you know we, we took it in and I had very very many fond memories of uh, my father bringing me in uh, monarch butterflies from the field or the caterpillars and then growing them and yeah. and letting them turn into their chrysalis and then releasing the butterfly so uh, my daughter got to have that experience which was lots of fun we were watching this little caterpillar munch on the the um milkweed and get really fat and big and then okay. start hanging upside down form into a chrysalis and it kind of got me thinking well what's going on when that butterfly you know is is forming mm-hmm. you know what's going on behind that chrysalis behind the scenes that we don't see because we put it on a time lapse video and it looked very easy it looked just all of a sudden it one moment it's a caterpillar and then zoop it's in a chrysalis and then two weeks later it comes out and it's a butterfly and it looks like the change was easy and effortless and you know no pain no problem for the the butterfly it just the caterpillar just sprouted wings and it was fine mm-hmm. uh, but after doing a little bit of research found that oh no um the inside that crystallis there are a lot of changes that are going on and the um caterpillar actually kind of auto digests itself it kind of turns into goo and all these hormones get released and chemicals turn on and it creates an entirely new body so it's not just that it suddenly pops on wings to its current self. It completely reforms who it is. And it caught me thinking about other people when you're going through a change, how it looks so easy to everyone on the outside. Well, you know, oh, she lost 20 pounds. That must have been so easy. Why is it so easy for her? But why am I struggling? You know, or, oh, that person, they they just one day decided to quit smoking and they did it and I can't. You know, so it really looks changed from the outside looks very easy, but change to the person going through it can be very difficult. So um, just give yourself a lot of grace and uh, a lot of compassion when you're going through change because it's hard. Even though it looks effortless to people on the outside, they may not see, um, you may not see someone else's struggle. So someone that's going through a change, you know, be kind to them because it's a lot harder than it looks. Mm -hmm. And if you're going through a change and it's not being as easy I remember the uh, caterpillar is not going through an easy time in those two weeks we, when we just see this beautiful crystallis hanging there. There's a lot, a lot of things that change. Mm-hmm. But the potential for it to be a butterfly was always there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're going through change, um, there was uh, one person that said discomfort 
is the currency of your dreams. Mm. So if you're not uncomfortable, you're probably not dreaming big enough or changing enough. Um, so if you're just, you know, you're having discomfort or a little uncomfortable, like I'm not quite sure I can do this, you've probably set your goal just right. Mm. So, you know, that stretch and that change, um, it's not going to be easy. And if it's too easy, then you're probably not stretching enough and it's not going to be as dramatic of a change as you want. So if you want to go from the dramatic change from caterpillar to butterfly, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. It's going to be a stretch. People may not realize how hard the work is, but in the end, it will definitely be worth it. Mm-hmm. What a great metaphor. I really, really <clears throat> love that with the butterfly and the caterpillar. Um, you mentioned a couple of major changes people often maybe strive for, perhaps trying to quit smoking. Uh, what are some of your recommendations for a change like that? So I always tell people, if you want to quit smoking, one, try to make it as inconvenient for you as possible. Okay. You know, don't have lighters all over the house. Have like one lighter and have it out like in the garage. Mm-hmm. And so you actually have to physically get up and go and go to it to light up your cigarette and then put it, you know, like high up on a shelf where you have to get a ladder to get up to it. So the more inconvenient you make it for yourself, mm-hmm. the less likely you are to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I tell people Yeah, an easy way to do it is to switch brands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if you told me the only pop I could drink was Diet Fanta, yeah, I'd be like, no, I'm I'm okay. (laughs) I I just won't. So, you know, it's so switching. You know, same thing. If you want to cut back on how much pop you drink, you know, buy a pop that you're really not that fond of. You know, okay, you you give me Diet Dr Pepper, I guess I'll drink it instead of regular Dr Pepper, but. Yeah. I'm going to drink a lot less of it because I don't like the taste as well. Mm-hmm. So same thing I've heard from a lot of smokers saying, you know, I changed brands and I don't like the taste. I don't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. So those are two easy things that you can do. Um, but the South Dakota Quit Line, I think, is a wonderful resource. It's free. Uh, it gives that support. You've got someone you're accountable to. If you've got someone you're accountable to, you're much more likely to go through a change. Setting a quit date is always a good thing that will help people. Uh, make a change and telling people Mm -hmm. so you know um, so you've got someone to encourage you support you Uh, the the quit line will help with the nicotine patches the nicotine gum Um, and also talk to your doctor because most insurances will cover the the Chantix or um, the Zyban or Wellbutrin to help with smoking so there's medications out there there's you know nicotine replacement products so you don't go through the nicotine withdrawal but yeah if you can make it uh, um more inconvenient Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. and and little you know tricks like that can also kind of help and i always tell people even if you cut back one cigarette a day that's 365 fewer cigarettes you've smoked a year Mm -hmm. i mean one a day even just that makes a big difference so again give yourself a little bit of grace Mm -hmm. you know not everyone goes from smoking a pack a day to cold turkey quitting in fact most people don't they go to like half a pack and then you know a quarter of a pack and then kind of occasional so You know, there are things out there that can help you, but, um, you know, I would say be kind to yourself and don't be mad because some people will have relapses and that's okay. Right, right. Well, thank you for that information. We'll be going to our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. 
Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these, these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we are discussing Dr. Cruz's essay uh, called The Butterfly Effect that if you missed in last week's paper, you can find on the Prairie Doc website, which is just prairiedoc.com. Org. I encourage you to find that there. I also want to touch on the essay that Dr. Johnston wrote for this week um, called Science or Magic. Uh, I know you've had a chance to read this too and, and maybe talk to Dr. Johnston a little bit about this. Uh, what do you think was we're looking at here when we consider science and magic? Because sometimes, for those of us not in the science world, um, some of these things that happen uh, do feel kind of like magic once in a while. <laughs> It, it is magic. I, I always say, you know, surgeons are kind of magicians. They get to literally saw the woman in half and she wakes up and unharmed. And, yes. you know, it, it is magic. Um, you know, considering how much things have progressed, it, it is um, science is fascinating and stuff that you could only imagine of, you know, five, ten years ago now are, are happening. Mm -hmm. You know, surgeries that we couldn't do before previously. I mean, now they're some places are able to operate on an infant before it's born to, to help fix things. So, I mean, that's magic. <laughs> yes. That's, that's amazing and fascinating. And um, I think it, it is something, a lot of people, you know, um, magic is sometimes scary. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, because you don't know how something is done. And, you know, years ago, um, you know, going back to like Middle Ages, you know, anyone who did magic, you, know, you could be accused of witchcraft and that might get you literally in hot water. Right. Um, right. So it is kind of interesting to see how, you know, things progress and do we understand how it works? Do I understand how my TV works? No. Do I enjoy watching TV? Yes. Um, same thing with a lot of things in medicine, you know, do we really know why some of the medications that we use work? especially with stuff affecting the brain, not honestly exactly. We're not sure how or why some of the migraine medications work. We're not sure exactly how or why some of the, you know, medications um, for depression work because the brain is, is still kind of that magic black box that we don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. But as we're um, uncovering some of those clues and learning some of those things, you know, what seems amazing to us will probably seem like no big deal to the next generation. Um, I think now we're getting to uh, pharmacogenetics where we're actually testing people's genes and uh, testing 
to see how their body interacts with medications. And so uh, while at one point it was kind of trial and error to see what was the right medication for, you know, pain medication or um, cholesterol medication or antidepressant, now we can do testing to see, okay, this one works better for you. This one you might not um, have as good of luck with. Hmm. And you know, that for me has been magic for my patients where they've said, you know, I've tried five or six different medications and none of them worked. And then we do this test and said, oh, well, guess what? There's an enzyme in your liver that doesn't work with to break down these medications to make them accessible and make them work in your body. Let's try this other one that works differently, goes through a different process in the liver and life-changing because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden the medications are doing what they're supposed to do because the people are like what's wrong with me why isn't this working yeah. well now we're actually kind of learning what's okay. why is this not working for this person and why did it work for this other person and it all is how your body interacts with the um, enzymes how your body works with medications um, in the liver there's things that are called cytochromes that kind of break down medications and either make them active or Um, break them down and make them inactive and some people have two copies of it that work really good some people have two copies that don't work really well at all and then that can either make the medication not effective or not cleared quickly enough so then you can kind of get toxic um, buildup of too much of the medicine in your system Mm. Um, or it could be just the opposite where it breaks it down so fast it's like you didn't take any because I've had people with especially with pain medication say oh my gosh I, I take this pain pill and it's like taking a tic-tac. It did absolutely nothing for me. Well, guess what? Your body, you're exactly right. Your body broke it down almost the instant you took it. Mm. And that's why it's not working. And we need to try this different class of pain medications to give you results. So they're doing that down uh, at Avera very frequently now for people before they have uh, like a hip replacement or a knee replacement to make sure we get them on the correct medication for pain control after their surgery. Because we know after a joint replacement, it's kind of painful. Uh-huh. And we want to have you on a medication that we know is going to work. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's been magic to me. And that's yeah. been something just in the last you know, five years has really become used more frequently. If, uh, if what are some other, so you mentioned pain. What are some mm-hmm. of the other primary conditions that knowing this pharmacogenetic Yep. Information is helpful for. So uh, antidepressants is okay. huge. Pain medications is huge. It also, there's one that can tell us if the medication Plavix that we have people on after they've had a heart attack or a stroke mm-hmm. is going to be useful for them. And another one that uh, tells with warfarin, which is another blood thinner, um, if your body is going to metabolize that and if we need to use regular doses or if we'd have to use a higher dose of that. Um, it also talks about different medications on that testing it's like a 14 page sheet that comes with all this information okay so it looks at medications uh, for cholesterol you know Mm -hmm. again how you're because a lot of people have issues with cholesterol medications um talks about medications we use for rheumatoid arthritis um and then different sleeping pills so it there's it's a whole battery of a panel if you do it one time are you consistent for your lifetime, or yep. do you need to redo it every five years? Nope. Or it, it's a it's one a and consistent. done. Yep. This is consistent. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it, it has been something that I've started to use more, especially in people that are frustrated with stuff not working. Yeah. You know, my pain's not controlled. My depression's not controlled. I take medicines, and all I get is side effects. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Uh, or, you know, like I've got a big surgery coming up and I, I had bad problems with my last one with pain control. I mean, those are all times where you'd want to talk to your doctor about getting that pharmacogenetic testing done. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. It is. Well, it's time for us to go to our break. If you have questions about that or any other medical topic you would like Dr. Cruz to address this morning, give us a call at 605-692-1430. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Heart disease is a term that includes several more specific heart conditions. The most common heart disease in the United States is coronary heart disease, or CHD. CHD occurs when the arteries that supply blood to the heart muscle become hardened and narrowed due to the buildup of plaque. The narrowing and buildup of plaque is called atherosclerosis. Plaque is a mixture of fatty and other substances, including cholesterol and other lipids. When plaque builds up in the coronary arteries, blood flow to the heart is reduced, which reduces oxygen to the heart muscle. This can lead to a heart attack. Other heart conditions include angina, heart failure, and arrhythmias. Talk with your provider about preventing heart disease today. Call the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. I'd like to move now to talking about the Delta variant that we're all hearing more about. Um, Give us your update and your yes. input on that. So the Delta variant um, is a lot more contagious, so it's it's easier to catch. So our you know 15 minutes at less than six feet was kind of our old rule for you know if if you were less um, if you were more than six feet away from someone and it was less than 15 minutes, you could say oh you know much less likely to get it. This mm. one's more like in passing, you know, pass someone mm. you know in the grocery store and. You know, we're talking seconds to minutes and at much further distances that this virus seems to be able to be transmitted to other people. So mm. that's the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this is the way viruses mutate. They change. And then the one that seems to um, spread the easiest and the best becomes the dominant one. And definitely it seems that Delta is now the predominant uh, version of the COVID virus that is circulating in the in the U.S. and and the rest of the world. Okay. The good news is the vaccine seems to be working fairly well against it. Um, people that do get breakthrough that have been vaccinated that get it tend not to end up in the hospital or and definitely don't end up dying is mm -hmm. is really what we're seeing. Um, so that's good that it's very protective. Um, so the people that are in the hospitals now with COVID are generally people who have not been vaccinated. Um, so that that's a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, so definitely it shows us. I'm glad that the vaccine is still seems to be effective against this variant. Uh, but it is it's an easier to catch. And COVID originally was easy, you know, is a fairly easy thing to catch. But so now this is getting like super infectious. Mm -hmm. And that's that's concerning. Um, right now, it seems like South Dakota, it, it's kind of like the beginning of the pandemic all over again. It's like we're doing round two. Uh -huh. uh, where it seems to be more on the coasts, and I have 
feeling it's going to be a matter of time. Um, yeah, I, I have a feeling this end of summer, you know, once we have kind of Sturgis again, it may come back to South Dakota since we get everyone from all over the nation to come to that. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for it to be kind of like our fall again. I think we'll probably have another resurgence in COVID this fall for people who aren't vaccinated. Um, you know, we're still learning, and I think the um, they're talking about maybe needing to do a booster for the people who have had a vaccine, uh, especially to protect against this Delta variant. Uh, since again, we're we're still learning how long the vaccine works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. There's lots of other vaccines that we need to get boosters from. You know, we do tetanus boosters every ten years. You know, we do uh, f- annual flu shots mm-hmm. yearly. You know. So other vaccines, we do series, you know, hepatitis B is a series of three vaccines. So, um, you know, the fact that so far it had been, you know, two shots and you're done or one with the Johnson and Johnson and you're done. Um, I think that still remains to be seen if that's going to be or if we'll need a booster. I'm really looking forward to when kids can get vaccinated, um, you know, as soon as they open up that younger group for my kids who are under 12, um, you know, I'm eager to get them vaccinated so that they'll be safe at school this fall. So We don't have a timeline for that yet, do we? We we don't. I've been hearing late fall, early winter. Mm -hmm. Um, The vaccine manufacturers, I think, are a little bit more optimistic that it'll be late fall. Okay. Um, From more like CDC sources, I've been hearing like December, January. Okay. So I guess it kind of just depends on when the FDA gives approval. But I I do have friends whose kids are in the trials for the the younger, the two through 11 Mm -hmm. age groups. So it's encouraging that that they're working on it. So I've got friends that are are letting their kids uh, participate in those clinical trials in the bigger cities. So that would be great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is encouraging to know. I know early on we were all kind of worried as there were variants how our vaccines would protect us. So it is encouraging to hear that um, our vaccines at this time are this protecting time. us pretty mm-hmm. well from the Delta variant. Yep, so. you know, and that's because they chose the spike protein. The spike protein on that's the little pokies off of the the COVID that gives it its bumps. Yeah, um, and that's where it attaches to the cell. And that seems to be fairly stable. I think with the Delta variant, it's a little bit st- what we call stickier, so it can. Um, clamp on to the body and infect easier. Okay. And that's kind of the problem when it, it works a little bit more efficiently. Sure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, those spikes are kind of the grappling hooks that attach you to the body and it just made a better grappling hook. Got it. Well, we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. It's time for us to go to our final break. If you have a question you'd like us to address, give us a call now at 605 692 1430 with any medical questions. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that globally, pneumonia, an infection of the lungs, kills more children younger than five years of age than any other infectious disease such as HIV infection, malaria, or tuberculosis? In the United States, 1.3 million people were diagnosed with pneumonia in an emergency department during 2017. Unfortunately, about 50,000 people die from the disease each year in the United States. Most of the people affected by pneumonia in the United States are adults. 
Vaccines and appropriate treatment like antibiotics and antivirals can prevent many of the deaths globally and in the U.S. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. On Thursday night on SDPB television, our summer encore program is about pediatrics. And as we think about pediatrics, Dr. Cruz, I've been hearing that there is a lot of RSV going around. There has been a lot of RSV going around, which is a little unusual for this time of year. We're used to seeing RSV mainly in the um, you know late fall or winter time. Um, it's that stands for respiratory syncytial virus, so it's a virus. Unfortunately, there's no antibiotics that uh, treat it. There's no vaccine for this one either. Um, it's something that most kids will get at some point in their life. It, it is also the virus that can cause croup, so kind of mm -hmm. that seal barky, harsh cough. The younger you are when you get it, the more dangerous it is. So, you know, if I were to get it, not a big deal. If an infant were to get it, much bigger deal. If a toddler gets it, they're pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, but definitely the younger you are, the more likely you are to end up in the hospital with this. And when someone's in the hospital, um, basically what we do is what we call supportive care. So we're giving them oxygen. We're um, trying to make sure that their breathing is okay because it, it, it is hard on the lungs. They have a hard time getting air in. They get a lot of um, kind of phlegm buildup. They, like I said, that harsh, barky cough. Um, we do sometimes give them steroids to kind of help bring down that inflammation in the lungs, make them breathe easier. Um, but it's, it's a hard thing for parents to watch. It's a hard thing for physicians to watch because there's very little that you can do for it aside from just kind of letting it run its course and supporting the lungs as best you can while that's happening. Hmm. What can we do to protect ourselves from it or protect our little ones from RSV? Yeah, I, I would say the masks seem to be helping with that now as we're kind of relaxing how yeah. much we're wearing masks. Uh, it, that seems to be the resurgent because we really didn't get a bad RSV season this past Right. Uh, winter because mm -hmm. everyone was wearing masks. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you, you can't really tell a six month old to cover their cough. So yeah. um, I would say just good hand washing and, you know, try to be careful. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very good. Speaking of being careful, we had a caller asking what precautions does a vaccinated person need to take against the Delta variant? So if we are vaccinated, what precautions should we t be taking against the Delta variant? So I would say still working on, you know, washing hands. Um, there has been some discussion of whether we need to even vaccinated people go back to wearing masks when you're out in public. Um, you know, that would be in an abundance of caution. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, so I would say that's, you know, if you're around other vaccinated people, your risk is probably minimal. But if you're in a, a mixed crowd... Um, you know, if you want to, the most you could for protection would be wearing a mask again. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and, and good hand washing. And that's really kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to go back to lockdown. Uh, yeah. And I don't think we probably will go back to lockdown since that, um, it did help slow the spread, but you know, mm -hmm. once it's here, there's, there's not much with slowing. Mm -hmm. um, at this point. So I would say that's that's really kind of what you can do. Is, okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with wearing a mask again. 
I, I still have a bunch in my car, so. Right? Yep. I know. I And I think about it as a parent. Our kids quite, aren't quite old enough yet either. So to yeah. protect them yep. and think about some of those things again. And, yep. um, if, yeah. if my kids are somewhere they have to wear a mask, I will wear them out of solidarity for that. Sure. So I will not ask them to do something I won't do. Yes. Yep. Be on the same page with them. Very good. Well, that wraps up our time today for our questions, Dr. Cruz. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week's On Call with the Prairie Doc Summer Encore Show focuses on pediatric topics. Originally broadcast back in September, this episode features Prairie Doc host Deborah Johnston and her guest Matt Bean and Dr. Joseph Vogel as they discuss pediatric questions from viewers. So tune in for that tomorrow night on SDPB Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Home would say, stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>